<laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, Thomas. Amen. Good morning. Man, I was looking for my pads and helmet. I ready to get in the game, man. Listen to Pastor Thomas get after it. And so uh, Pastor Thomas and Amity and Eddie and Beth and Micah, just uh, the whole team, just God bless you guys. We're, we're always privileged uh, to be here with you. We just uh, are so grateful that the Lord allows us to continue to partner with him to just be part of a, of a team. You know, I, I, like I said, you know, both Pastor Thomas and Pastor Eddie at one point were on staff with us there at, at Good Shepherd Community Church. And uh, we had, a, it was a season, you know, the, God does things in seasons. And I want you to know that, that we've been in a season and we're coming out of one season and going into another season. And uh, sometimes during the season, you win some games, you lose some games and, you know, but we got to stay in the game to have an opportunity to make it to the end. And so uh, I'm so grateful that, that God allows us, gives us strength, gives us breath, gives us everything that we need to continue to partner with him and partner with each other as we encourage people to be everything that God has called you to be. So uh, Pastor Thomas and Emmy, thank you so much for trusting us with, with the people that God has entrusted to your care and we don't take it lightly. And so uh, I just, I wanna, I wanna encourage you in some things today. Uh, coming out of a season, being in the middle of a season, and, and then leading us into the next season of our lives, sometimes can be very challenging, can be very trying, can be very tiresome, and, uh, and yet at the same time, we, we're not like those who train and fight, you know, just beating the air without purpose, that there's a purpose in everything that God has for us. And I believe that you are here and I am here. And those of you that are connecting online with us today at some point, God bless you. Welcome to Ref City Church and the services this weekend. But I feel that God has brought us together on purpose for a purpose. And if we believe in that, then we will all walk away with something that God deposits in us so that we can continue to move forward and not look back and not go back to what was. We're in a season between what was and what's going to be. And we're in between those times. And it can be very, very challenging and very, very difficult because we've started a journey into the new and now we're in the middle of it. And now God wants to come and allow us in the middle and the in-between time to break through some things so that we can keep moving forward and we don't either get stuck where we are today or neither go back to what was. And so that's what I want to encourage us in today. I believe that God brings an anointing for breakthrough in the middle of we've made some decisions maybe a year ago or six months ago that we're walking out now and now we have to continue to walk it out. And as a matter of fact, I don't know about you, but I, I had some good coaches when I played ball. And it seemed like when I was the most tired and I just, I, was, I thought I was done, they, they pushed me a little bit just to get a little bit more because they saw, they, they say, they saw the potential in you. So we weren't going to let you just be where you were. We were going to call more out of you because we believe that there is more in you than you believed. And God believes and knows that there's more in you than what you, you yourself believe that's in you and what you're able to do. So I've come today to encourage you, to exhort you, to just uh, uh, partner with you in the journey that God has led you to and, and has you on in this season of your life. I want us to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5 today. I'm going to take a passage of scripture there and, uh, and just share some thoughts with you and some things that I feel that the Lord has, has put in my heart to share with you. These are things that God began to speak to me uh, earlier this year, and it, I've used that kind of sense of what he said to me early on as I was saying, Lord, what do you have for us this season? How do we lead your people? Give us wisdom to lead and courage to stand and, and make tough decisions, do things we need to do, and then give us vision to finish right. I used to, I used to always pray to Pastor Thomas, Lord, would you give me, give me, give me, give me, I want to finish strong was my problem. How many of you here want to finish strong? I've always said, I want to finish strong, you know? And so I wanted to finish strong, and I still want to finish strong. But I felt in that time, that moment several years ago, the Lord said, Richard, why don't you ask me to help you finish right? If you finish right, you'll finish strong. And so I still want to finish strong, but the way I do that, that's what I want to do. How do I do it? By, finishing, by, by, by doing the right thing. Not according to my way or my thoughts, but his thoughts. And so I, I, I want to encourage us all to finish right. 
And if we finish right, we'll finish strong. Amen? In our marriages, in our families, in our workplace, and wherever we are. 2 Samuel chapter 5, starting in verse 17, it says, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went out to search for David. And David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. The Philistines who went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, so David inquired of the Lord. David was pursuing God's call, God's direction, God's, God's steps in his life. And there came a season in his life when they were in battle and they'd heard that the enemies were coming against them to try and, and destroy him and trying to, uh, they had a scheme, the enemies had, the Philistines had a scheme to take him down and take him out before he could fully accomplish what God had purposed for him uh, to accomplish. So they, the enemy ra rallies his troops and they'll come against you. They'll come against your family. He'll come against your marriage. He'll, he'll try to interrupt and destroy the, the steps. He'll try to distract you and deceive you to keep you from from finishing right and so this is a season of life where, where the enemy uh, the, had, had, had captured the city of Jerusalem and the enemy had taken from God's people things that rightfully belonged to them and to their families and to their city and to their nation. And it was a time where God was going to challenge them to go do something in the midst of their already uh, having taken a journey by faith and having navigated new territory and new countries and new peoples and, and new food and everything that had changed for them. And they were in pursuit of something, but before they could finish right, before they could capture and take back what the enemy had tried to take from him in a season, they're, they're, the enemies realized that they were up to something, and so he came to try to stop them, and so they were fatigued, and they were weary, and they were, sometimes some of them felt alone, and they felt like they had no solution for their problems. They weren't quite sure which way to go. Do we go straight? Do we turn right? Do we go left? Do we camp here? Do we move forward? So it was a season of battle. It was a season of emotional turmoil. It was a season of decision, it was also a season of taking back what the enemy had stole that was rightfully theirs. And we have some promises of God that are rightfully ours. And we also have come to a place where we have to begin to trust God for breakthrough so that we can recover some things that God has, that the enemy has tried to take from us and our children and our families and our cities. And so he says, the Philistines went and deployed themselves against uh, David at the Valley of Rephaim. And David, what do we, what do he do? He inquired of the Lord. This is a time to be asking the Lord. And what about this? And what about that one? And what about this job? And what about that person? And what about, you know, this individual? And what about, and just, it's a time to inquire. When the enemy deploys himself against you and you feel the, the, the weariness of battling and fighting and trying to move forward in the things that God has for you, we begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you, what do you have to say about what's going on in my life? It says, so David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up? against the Philistines, and will you deliver them into my hand? God, is it time for me to step up? Is it time for me to, to go up? Is it time for me to, to pursue that, oh God, that you said is rightfully mine in my marriage, in my family, in, in our church, in our city? And the Lord said to David, what does it say there on your phone or your Bible? What do you say? Go up. go up. It's time for us to go up. God says, Richard, it's time to go up. He says, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement to us today. God, may we hear this not as another something to do, but as another, another something to to, that would revive us. It says, your promises are true. The psalmist said, it was, it's your promises that revive me and give me hope, oh God, that you're gonna finish doing what you said you were gonna do. So God, I just pray that this would be a word of encouragement as we're challenged to go up in this season of our lives in the midst of our fatigue, in the midst of our weariness, in the midst of the attacks of the enemy, oh God. Your word declares, oh God, that no weapon formed against this church, this staff, this pastor will, Lord, no weapon formed against them will prosper and every word that rises up in judgment against them you will condemn. It's time to go up, oh God, and we ask you for the grace and the strength and the vision to go up, oh God, and take hold of the promises that you have for us and our churches and our families and our city in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, 
Amen. Listen, this, this event that I'm talking about would be a turning point in the history of God's people. I, want, I really believe that the church, that we are at a turning point. We're at a critical place of having to make some decisions because as David went and inquired of the Lord, what do I do? He says, I want you to go up. Something was about to shift. Something was about to change. Something was about to fall off. Something was about to break loose. The people were going to see a breakthrough like they'd never experienced before. They looked at how do we recapture the city of Jerusalem and they hadn't been able to do it. And all of a sudden it says that the elders and leaders came and they anointed David uh, king. And all of a sudden it says that David all of a sudden found a way to get through the water shaft to get to the city to recapture. In other words, when they came and they re-anointed him because it says they anointed him king, but he had been anointed 17 years before by the prophet Samuel that went to Jesse's house. But this time there was an activation of something that God had already deposited in his life. Like many of you, God has deposited anointings and gifts and talents. And because of the journey that we've been on, there's been a kind of like a delay. There's kind of been some things on hold and because of, of, of health and sickness and, and difficulties and challenges. But at the right moment, at the right time, God sent leaders, the leaders of the nation, to anoint David king to do that that God had called him to do 17 years before. And all of a sudden, David found, saw a way. He saw something that no one else had seen. He saw a way to get in that nobody else had seen. And all of a sudden, breakthrough happened. And I believe it because God, at the right moment, reactivated something that was already in him that gave him the ability to see what he hadn't seen before and gave him the courage to do what he was not able to do before. And all of a sudden, David and the people experienced great breakthrough. And I've come here to declare breakthrough for God's people, for your marriage, for your families, for your children, for this church, for the churches that call on the name of Jesus, for our city and for our nation. But we also have to make ourselves available to hear, Lord, what are you saying? Is it time to go up? Is it time to move forward? We're tired. We're weary. Some of us, you know, it's kind of like uh, I told the people at nine o'clock, we hear the word go up and we think, man, I can't hardly get up. I mean, I'm, I'm tired. You tell me to go up and help me get up, you know? And, and, you know, the older I get, I'm not real old, but I'm not as young as I used to be. You know, we've been married 40 years now. Can you just help me welcome my wife again? I know Pastor Nog, man, so. <laughs> she, I, I, want, I want you, I know I'm, on, I'm chasing rabbits now. You're awesome, Sam. I just want you to know, can I just, y'all just ignore it. Man, you, you're awesome, baby. We're going to let you in on a little personal, personal time here. Man, I've got an incredible wife. She's, she's been, you've been a phenomenal wife. You've been a phenomenal uh, mom. I've watched you be a, ph- a phenomenal grandma now. And then, you know, in this season where we, we just uh, ushered your dad home to be with the Lord after 87 years of life, I watched you be an incredible daughter too. And so I just want to take a moment and say thank you so much for, for, for going up and it was hard to get up. And she was, I just want to bless you publicly and honor you because I'll tell you what, man, I'm a lucky, lucky man. I'm glad to be married to you. So thank you for letting me have that personal moment with my wife. We go so much and we're doing so much that every now and then I just, I just wanted to, can I get, no, I won't give you a kiss in front of everybody, but. <laughs> we're at a turning point. There's been seasons in our life where we've had to wrestle through stuff that we could not understand and did not like, but we knew that if we listened to what the Lord was, they said, Lord, what are you asking us to do? I want you to go up. He said, and, and, and so, and like I said, but God, I just, if I'm going to go up, I need strength to get up so I can go up. And so this is how I heard the Lord say this, and I want to I encourage us in this this morning. And by the way, Pastor Thomas, I just, it just hit me right now. This, this scripture in, in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5, you know, that I'm preaching out this morning, it's the same, if you go down to about verse 20, I don't have it with me, but verse 23 or 24, it's where it says, he says, and he had to do it again, and he says, Lord, do I go up again? He says, not this time, he says, wait and listen. He says, this time is going to be a little different. He says, I want you to listen for the rustling of the mulberry, the foots yeah. of the armies and the mulberry trees, and that's the scripture that I remember just now that the Lord, the prophetic word I released to you before you were on staff with us. 
uh, and you came, you were visiting with Eddie and Beth, and that's a prophetic word that God released over you. And I, it just dawned on me, I don't know how I remembered that, but, but so anyway, so for whatever that's worth, God's tracking you, God knows where you've been, where you are, everything he's done has been done on purpose, for a purpose, so you just keep trusting that in the midst of where you are and where God is leading you into this season of your lives. 17 years later, David was activated by something that just, uh, Samuel the prophet said, and, and, and this, is, this is the one that's going to be the king of Israel. After he looked at all the other eight or nine boys that they had, we had a little bit of discussion about how many, how many sons did did uh, Jesse have? Eight, seven, who said, somebody's, okay, we're close, we're, we're in there. I'm not sure, I, I gotta go back and read the story, but, so I'm asking you, but he went through a bunch of boys before he picked the, the younger one, and he said, this is the one. So Samuel anointed, he said, you're gonna be the next king of Israel. 17 years later, he stepped into that that God deposited in his life. And so sometimes what God does in one season doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen, but there's a seed that's been planted that's going to grow into a tree so that when the tree is ready to give shade and shelter and let the birds come and nest and find a home, it's ready to do that that was declared that God decided 17 years before. And so you're in a season where you're doing some things that God declared to deposit in your life many, many years ago. And many of you, that's what the anointing does in a certain season for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. He activates something that's already in you that's part of his plan that maybe has been dormant and now it releases you to have breakthrough to finish what God initiated 17, 10 in a different season of your life. And by the way, the number 17 is significant for you guys. It represents seasons. And I saw something. I don't know if Amity was showing a picture. I think uh, maybe Aaron has plays ball now. And Are you number 17? Is that what I saw? Okay. And that, that's not by accident that I'm preaching on a message that God activated something 17 years after and that your son is on the football field wearing number 17. It's just a number I know, but in God's economy, everything has a purpose. So you begin to ask God about what that is. It represents seasons. This is the first season of many seasons for you. He says, but it's also a season for you. And the same God that got you from there to here is gonna get you from here to there and to there and to there and wherever the Lord leads you as a church family. So just be encouraged in the Lord in the midst of your fatigue and your weariness, God is going to allow us to finish what he deposited in us and as a seed many, many years ago. So it was a turning point. God was ready to turn the page again on the chapter of the story of David and his life and his promises. And God is turning the page, writing another chapter, another book of the life of this church, of your family. So God's not finished writing our story yet. We'll look back and say, and this is the history of this family, and this is the history of this church, and this is the history of this city. But God's turning the page again. So don't don't stop in the middle of the story and determine an end when God says, I'm not finished with you yet. Amen? Amen. So we're at a turning point. He inquired and he says, shall I go up? And the Lord said, go up. And this is how I heard it at the beginning of the year to finish my thought that I started. I felt like the Lord said to me, Richard, I want you to look up. I want you to wake up. I want you to grow up. I want you to show up, and then I want you to go up. Rev City Church, I believe that God wants you to look up. He wants you to wake up. He wants you to grow up. He wants you to show up, and he wants you to go up. But then as I was coming here on the plane uh, Thursday, I felt like the Lord showed me something that I hadn't thought about. He says, if you'll put that back up for me, uh, he says, you'll never, you'll never go up unless you first show up. <laughs> we got to stay in the game. Yes, we we got we to we take our position. We got to find our place. We'll never go up unless we show up. We'll never show up unless we grow up. And I'm not just talking about, you know, yeah, we need to grow spiritually. But Ephesians chapter 4 says that when everybody does their part, every, by every part that every, every joint supplies for the growing up of the church, so it's not just a personal growing up, it's coming together as a church, finding our place, and when we connect together and we serve one another and we give one another to, to, to one another and we, and we give to the work of the ministry and we serve our community and we serve one another and we, and we take responsibility for our spiritual growth 
and everybody finds their place. Everyone, everyone has been given something to contribute somehow, somewhere, in some way. He says, and when we come back, when we, when we get together and we do our part, it causes the church, the body, to grow up. And it comes in unity. And we grow up in unity. Psalm 133 says that there is a blessing that comes. There is a commanded blessing. He says, how, ble- how blessed it is where people dwell together in unity. It's like the oil on the beard of Aaron that goes down to his robes. And it's in that place where we come together in a unity of purpose, where everybody finds, picks up a buck and says, what's my part and what's my part? And we don't worry about what my role or my title or my position or how long or how well, I've been here two weeks or two years or 20 years. It's kind of like we all have something to contribute. And when we find that place and when we contribute together, it says that it causes us to grow up and we come together in unity. One will put a thousand to flight, but two will put 10,000 to flight. And what the enemy used to try to dis- disengage and disconnect, God is calling us to come back together, find our place, serve, find our role, and then we're going to grow up. He said, you'll never grow up unless you show up. You'll never show up unless you grow up, and you'll never grow up unless you wake up. How many of you know you can be somewhere, including church this morning, and, and, and not be awake? And I can't see you, so I'm not picking on it. I'm going to come down here so I can't see you. <laughs> How many of you know you can show up to work and be awake but be asleep? If your boss is here, don't raise your hand. I mean, you can, you can physically be somewhere but not be actively engaged. And God wants us to be actively engaged in what he's doing. He wants me to be actively engaged in my marriage after 40 years. He wants me to be actively engaged with my children who now have children. He wants me to be actively engaged in the next generation of leaders that are coming up at Good Shepherd Community Church. We've got to show up, but we've got to wake up. We've got to, we've got to participate in what's going on, and we can't be distracted because we're so tired, and we're fatigued, and we're weary, and we're hurting, and we've suffered loss, and, we've, we, and I can just go on and on and on. So we go through the motions of life and we go through the motions of family and we can go through the motions of church and we can go through the motions of whatever we're doing, but we're there, but we're not there. God says, I want you there because I've put you there. That's the spouse I've connected you to. That's the family I've connected. That's the team I've connected with you. That's the church family that I've connected you to. So I need you to wake up and be present because in this season, in this hour, we need to be aware of the schemes and devices of the enemy so that we know how to step up and listen one can put a thousand to flight but we need to lock arms and we need to get together and we need to have each other's back and we begin to grow and mature and be everything that God's called us to be but I'll never wake up unless I first look up can you put that back up there for me I want to show you this it says you'll never go up unless you show up you'll never show up unless you grow up you'll never grow up unless you wake up And we can't wake up. We can't come to that place of getting past where we've been or where we are unless we look up. We got to look up and remember that we have a savior. We have a healer. We have someone that comes. His name is Baal Perazim in the story of David where he is a master of breakthrough and he breaks open places that we cannot break open. He breaks down walls that we build up because of our offenses and our personal preferences and, and on and on and on. The enemy's scattered, but God is gathering his people and his church again and he's wanting us to look up. He wants to look up. It says in Psalm 120, 121 verses one through seven, it says, says, I look up. Everybody say, look up. Somebody type that for me online. Look up. It says, look up to the mountains. For those, my help come from there. And it says, my help comes from where? The from the Lord. You, how many of you need help this morning besides me? I don't know. Who are you looking to for help? Who have you looked to for help that disappointed you? Who have you counted on that, that disappointed you? And we've all had it happen. God says, look up. I want you to go up, but you're not going to be able to go up unless you look up. You know, before Sandra and I could have the relationship that we had, we had to quit looking sideways and we had to look up. Because when we get in the presence of God, we can't not not forgive. We can't not remind ourselves that God brought us together on purpose for a purpose. When you look up, it changes everything around you. It doesn't, cha- it doesn't mean that the problem isn't there. It doesn't mean that the struggle isn't there. It doesn't mean that the hurt didn't happen. It just means that I'm looking somewhere other than my hurt and my disappointment and my loss and my fatigue. I'm looking to the one who sends help in every area of my life. My children need help. My marriage needs needs help. Our churches need help. Our cities need help. We need to look up. <laughs> I feel like preaching this morning, Pastor Thomas. Can I preach a little bit? I'll, 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 we're going to do some prophetic ministry, but man, I just, 
It's time to look up. Hey, have you ever been? I've been down before. And I've been down before and they wouldn't let me get up. I'm trying to get up and boom, and get boom. <laughs> I don't know about you. I, I'm looking up. Yeah. In my pain, I'm looking up. In our losses, we're looking up. Because I know that that's where my help comes from. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. Don't be afraid to stumble. Sometimes faith is spelled R-I-S-K. We have to be willing to do things we've never done before in order to see things we've never seen before. And sometimes it feels risky to us. But God says, you're just stepping out in faith. He says, I won't let you stumble. The one who watches over you. By the way, he's watching over me. He's watching over you. He says he watches over Israel. He never slumbers, never sleeps. The Lord himself, not, not just my bodyguards, not just my friends, the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you. Come on, that'll preach. The Lord's watching over me and he's by my side everywhere I go. He's by my side. He goes before me. He stands behind me. He surrounds me and he's right beside me. He's in my midst. He says, the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. So he says, come up, go up. And by the way, I got you. I'm watching you. Every step you make, every Every decision you make, I got you. I'm for you. I know where I'm taking you. So he says, look up. And then he says, wake up. Isaiah 52, 1 to 2 says, awake, awake, put on your strength. O Zion, put on your beautiful garments. They didn't realize that they had strength because it taken every bit of energy and strength they had just to get to where they were. God, I've prayed every prayer. I know how to pray. I've, I've used every formula that... I've ever learned, I've, I've tried. I, somebody said, I've tried, Lord. It's not that I haven't tried. I just, I feel like I have no strength. I'm so tired. I just, I can't go up, like I said, because I can't even get up. And in the midst of that, just like Gideon in that cellar, the Lord says, get up in this strength of yours. What strength? See, God has deposited a strength that we don't even we don't, but it's, but it's not been active. It's been, it's been asleep. It's been uh, inactive. It's been overlooked and, and, and set aside and it's been replaced with our doubts and our fears and our, and our efforts and seeing no results. Some of you have, have put a lot of effort into things and you've said, but I've just seen no results. But God said, he, he ain't finished with you yet. He knows where you are, where you've been, where you're going. It's just, it's not for a lack of trying. It's just, it's just we have an enemy. And he has set himself against us. And so there comes a time, as I said, Sarubal said, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's where he comes by his spirit to release a breaker, a breakthrough anointing like David saw. It's not that he hadn't tried. It's not the men around him weren't willing. It's not that they hadn't stepped out into the unknown. It's not that they weren't trying different things in this season of their life. It wasn't that they weren't committed. It wasn't that they didn't love God. It wasn't in all the things that the enemy tries to whisper to us. It was just that we have an enemy. And by the way, church, we are not each other's enemy. The enemy is the enemy. And that's where we grow up and we, and we hold up. Come here, son. come here, young man. And we, 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 got, we got to surround ourselves. Come here, young man. Everybody's a young man when you're my age. Come here. Come here. And so, and so, and so here, here I am, and we got, we got this young man here, and then, and he says, okay, he goes, God, God stands right in front of me, and then this guy's right here, right beside me, and, and then this one's right behind, and so I need someone to get my back. Come on, man, come help me out here. <laughs> and so when the enemy comes against me and, and, and things that I cannot see because he's trying to sneak attack from the back, man, I'm kind of running, and I, I'm surrounded. See, when God says I surround you, he's not, it's not just a presence, it's a physical being. They're, they're, and by the way, you're needed. You're very much needed because you don't realize what your part plays in surrounding and protecting. And then, by the way, you don't see it because I'm in front of you, but God has put somebody beside you, beside you. And there's even, while you got my back, somebody's got your back. Right. See, and that's, that's the growing up. And so we're safe as we're, as we're journeying. And then y'all lock arms for a minute, for just a minute. I know, I know, I know the season we're in, but we're, <laughs> God says, you're coming. <laughs> Man, are you kidding me? Come on, try and get me now. <laughs> Okay, you guys are committed to the Lord, aren't you? Oh, yeah. 
And, and, and we're commit, we're like iron sharpening iron. We need each other. You understand that? I need you as much as you need me. We ain't not about positions or titles, about we need each other. And when we realize that and God says, I got you, this is what it looks like. Church, can I just, this is what that looks like. It's not some supernatural, and God is supernatural, but it, it, it means it's skin and bones and flesh, and we're committed to one another as we walk together. And sometimes I'm in the middle, sometimes somebody else. Okay, thank you guys, y'all are awesome. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> God says, I got gotcha. you. Man. He says, so shake yourself from the dust. And sometimes when you can't shake yourself from the dust, I know I'm meddling now, but I want everybody to stand up for just a minute. Can we do that? We need a break. I need a break. I'm going to take a water break. I promise you I'm going to keep preaching. I want you to do something. Just everybody turn to this way, whatever that way is. And you say, oh my gosh, I don't even have strength to do that today. I want you just very lightly, just if you're comfortable, just would you reach over to the person in front of you and just shake off that, that dust that may be on the back of there that they can't see. Okay, that's not massage time, just a little... Okay, now turn the other way and do the same for the person that just kind of helped you shake off the dust. You can take your seat again. I just wanted to show you something. He says, put on your strength and shake yourself from the dust. And I know there's some things we can't shake off on our own. That's why we're a body. That's what God is calling the church, individuals, but the church to go up, to look up, to wake up, to help each other shake off. You, you, this church has something that you need. If God's called you to this fellowship, that means that this fellowship has something you need and you have something that this fellowship needs. And together we take care of each other. We shake the dust off each other, the life, the challenges, the difficulties, the stuff that we were drugged through the week before. We need one another. So when he says wake up, he wants us to wake up to the truth that we cannot navigate this climb on our own. Then he says grow up, come together in unity, and then show up. Look at what Exodus, Exodus 34 says. So be ready, verse 2 says, be ready in the morning. Everybody say, I'm going to be ready in the morning. He <laughs> says, be ready in the morning. What does it say? Come up. Come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me. Make yourself available to me, says the Lord. Show up. If this church is offering something to you spiritually, show up. Let's worship together. Let's pray together. Let's, let's, if you're in a connect group, show up. Let's, just, let's, let's present ourselves together to the Lord because in the presence of the Lord, everything else goes. Everything is like a shadow in the light of him. You receive sanctuary site I heard somebody say one time on a worship album in, in, in a sanctuary site in sanctuary light in other words you come into the presence and you're enlightened about things that allow you to see things you that's what happens when we come into the presence of the Lord I was angry but I can't be angry anymore because I've been so forgiven so much and I, I know I was upset but God I, I have this sense that I'm going to be okay Lord I, I felt all alone but God you reminded me that I'm never alone we got to present ourselves to the Lord. We got to show up. We got to show up and read our word. We got to show up and connect. We got to show up and, 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 and be us and be real and do life together. We got to show up and say, man, my marriage is struggling. And I, we love each other, but we're just having a tough time. We need a breakthrough. We just need to show up. And remember that we're together, we're growing up together, and that's what helps us build up. And it gives us the energy and the strength and the confidence to then go up. Haggai 1.8, he says, go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple, the physical temple, but this temple, for we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He says, bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. He's calling us to climb in the midst of our fatigue. He's calling us to take another step in the process of going up. 
There is no going back. There is no staying like we've been. That was then and this is now. I can't go back and change the beginning, but I can make decisions today that will change the outcome and the ending of the story as he continues to turn the pages of my marriage, for my family, for our churches, for the city, for our nation. I just want to declare today that God's not dead. He is still alive and my Jesus still reigns. He's still on his throne and he still is able. He's able to heal and to save and to set free, to empower. He says, go up. But you won't go up unless you show up and you won't show up unless you grow up and you won't grow up unless you wake up and we won't wake up unless we look up and we come into the presence of the Lord. And it's going to feel like you're climbing a mountain. It doesn't feel like you're going over the road or crossing a bridge. There's, there's a mountain to climb. It's interesting if you'll do a look at the Bible of what happened on the mountaintops with God's people. That's where he gave the law. That's where he there was a transfiguration. There was, God always called people up because there were some things that, that he had for them that, that he had set aside in that place of making a decision to go up. And anytime we take, sometimes going up just feels like taking one more step, getting unstuck so that we don't stay stuck. And by, let me just, can I just help you a little bit? It's okay to get stuck sometimes. How many of you, how many here, how many here, is there anybody here has never been stuck? Maybe that's a better way to say that. So don't, don't be so hard on yourself if you feel like you get stuck sometimes. Just stuck is sometimes part of the process. You just can't stay stuck. And when people around you tell you that you're stuck and you can't get past where you've been, that's just not, that, I want you to know that, that's not the Lord. God has deposited some things in you that you haven't even fully discovered yet. As you make a decision to go up and draw closer to him one step at a time, there are some things that God's going to reveal to you that have already been deposited in you. You haven't even experienced or began to navigate and learn how to use that ability and those talents that God has given you apart from who you already are and what you do. And it's because somewhere, somehow, somebody told you, you're only going to get this far and no further. And God comes to break that off of you. And God comes to say, that's just not true. He says, you're not going to be stuck. You're not going to get stuck like that one. You're going to go above and beyond. You're going you're gonna to see more than what you would ever think or imagine. If you look up, if you wake up, if you show up, and you let me lead you to go up. This is a season to go up. It's almost like uh, I had a, a guy prophesy with me one time. He says, hey, listen, in this season, you feel like you're just coasting. He says, but you get ready to shift gears because you're getting ready to climb the mountain. You're not stopping the truck. He says, you're just shifting gears to climb. I want you to know you're just shifting gears to climb, my friend. Amen? <laughs> but it's going to feel like you're climbing the mountain. Anybody here ever actually, any, any mountain climbers here? I mean, really, really, I mean, over there, back there. God bless you, son. I mean, I went to Mount Rainier. I went to Mount Rainier with Sandra a couple, a couple of five years ago, and, and you want to take a hike? And it was like that. I said, no, not really. <laughs> I did good to drive the car to that peak there, and I said, man, I'm already out of air, and I didn't even, can I, you know, where's the coffee, you know? Maybe if I have a cup of coffee, I might decide I might want to climb, but it's, it's, a, it's a challenge physically. It's also a challenge spiritually. So let me just give you, what does it take to climb a mountain? in the natural. Well, first of all, you have to just decide to do it. So, you just have to, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I do have big feet, I might step on some of you. You just have to make a decision. You see, because when the Lord says, you've been at this base too long, it's time to go up, and they would circle and circle, they were looking for the easiest way up, and God says, at some point, you just got to make a decision, this is what I'm going to do. And in that decision, he's, it's going to open up those. You say, well, if you'd open up that door, I'd make that decision. He said, if you make that decision, I'll open up that door. <laughs> so just, he says, sometimes, how do you climb a mountain? You just decide to do it. Amen. How many, some of you just need to say, hey, I'm, I just got to do this. I got to step out in faith and do that. Okay. Second thing that you need to climb a mountain is you have to unload unnecessary gear. You want to climb a mountain with, with, with all the stuff that you use. The, it's kind of like I, I said to somebody at 9 o'clock, and I don't know who the gentleman is, but I said, it's like you want to, you're going to line up at the starting line to run a race, a 100-meter dash, and you show up with your football uniform on, shoulder pads and helmets and, you know, whatever else you put on, and you're already at a disadvantage before the race even starts. 
And so sometimes God has come in this season to cut things off of us that are unnecessary to take into the new season. See, we want to show up like we used to show up with what we had, and it worked for a season, but what worked in one season doesn't necessarily work in the other season. And so you feel like there's been a cutting away. Some of us, a lot of us feel like there's been a cutting away. Say, God, why are you doing this? And ouch, and that hurts. And, what is it? and, and it's kind of like, because I know where I'm taking you. He says, and you can't take that with you because I want you to finish the climb. I want you to finish right. I want you to finish strong. He said, but you're trying to finish with stuff that you use in one season, and in the in-between time, you can't make the next step unless you let go of what was to get a hold of what can be. And so God begins to cut. And you want to feel like God has cut away stuff from you. Sometimes you wonder, why is that person no longer taking my calls? Why is it, why did they, def what? I don't even know anything about all that stuff because I'm not on social media. Why do they not follow me anymore? Well, by gosh, they, they, you may not know. You may, it'd be better that they don't follow you. Or I don't know, come on, somebody help me this morning. I'm... Sometimes there's a cutting away. We have to, we can't make a climb unless we unload some unnecessary gear. And cutting away can be painful. Trust me, I, 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 I know. So you have to just decide to just do it. And what is it that God is trying to cut away from you? People, places, or things that you know are keeping you back and not allowing you to climb and go up in this season. So just make a decision to do it. I'm going to climb. Lord, I don't, I'm tired. I'm hurt. I, I'm going to unload whatever you want to cut away from me. There's a spiritual circumcision that's going on in the body of Christ and God is cutting away unnecessary things. And I know this in the natural. I just, I'm glad that, well, this might be a little bit too private or personal, but David called uh, the Goliath an uncircumcised giant, so I guess I can use the word circumcision in a church setting. But I've never met a man that said, yes, I'm circumcised, and man, I'm still traumatized by the event that happened when most will say, man, I don't even remember that. I don't remember the pain. There's no trauma connected to it because it happened when it was supposed to happen according to our, our biological whatever. But if you get circumcised at an older age like the Israelites did when they crossed the Jordan, it put, it put them down for a week or three days or whatever it was. They were in excruciating pain because they did not allow a cutting away at the right time. And the more they delayed it, the, long, the harder the cutting away feels. Don't delay things that God is wanting to cut off of you so that you can go up and make the climb. And then the third thing we need to do is we need to expect unexpected obstacles. There's going to be stuff that you're thinking, well, man, I, I, I thought I was headed, and all of a sudden there's this boulder or there's this tree or there's this, and I can't get there, so I have to look for another way to get up. God's going to get you where he's going to get you to. It may not look like what, it, what you thought it was. Where is, where is the young lady that was helping us leave? Oh, there you are, Brit. Bridget, okay, when I was saying that, hey, listen, you know, I was driving this morning and, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you that uh, uh, you took what was a detour sign and you interpreted it as a stop sign. God, God, God's not, didn't intend you to stop when you encountered a detour, when you had to go a different way than what you thought initially you were going to go. You're having to take a different route, but you're going to get to the same destination. So God says, don't let those things that appear to be detours, because he knows exactly how to get you to where he's taking you in this season of your life. As a matter of fact, Psalm 32, 8 says, I will lead you in the best pathway for your life. I will uh, give you advice and I will watch over you in the process but sometimes you've taken detours because it's taken a little bit longer to get to your destination and you've taken them as stop signs God says don't mistake detours for stop signs detours are my way to get you there safely and at the right time at the right place for the right reason and the right season so God says you keep trusting him in what in the detours of your life because you're going to get to that place that he's destined you to get to amen amen God bless you So we have to expect unexpected obstacles, okay? We have to overcome insecurity. Don't raise your hand, any insecure people here. Anybody ever struggle with insecurity? No, not me, I'm the worst one. <laughs> hey, listen, 
It's okay to feel insecure. Don't give in to insecure. Find your security in the Lord. Find your identity in the Lord. It doesn't matter what they think or say about me or my family or my church. I know what God has determined for me. And he goes before me. He's behind me. He surrounds me. He's got me. He'll watch over me. He'll give me counsel. He'll protect me. He's my protection, my provision, my promise, my peace. And his presence goes with me everywhere I go. Don't you, but we have to overcome insecurity. Sometimes you're trying to take the next step on the mountain and you're looking for a big boulder or something big to hold on to. We look for the big events of life and sometimes I've talked to people who have actually climbed, not mountains, but just their, I don't even know what they call it, and they're holding on to the smallest crevice to the smallest of, if there's just a crease, if I can just barely get my fingers in there, that's enough to help propel me to the next step. Don't look for the big stuff on the way up. Take the little things. God says he'll take the little things of your faith with and he'll turn it into the big things that, that you can really leverage so you can continue to walk. Don't be, ra- don't be waiting for the big miracle to happen when you can walk faithfully in the little things. And God said it's in the little things that'll get you to the bigger things that'll get you to the top of the mountain, amen? So overcome insecurity and the last thing is don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look down. And I'm gonna end, I'm gonna end with this. Because God wants us to go up. You know, I told the people at nine o'clock, I, I haven't always been in church and I haven't always been a pastor. I worked for a utility company in the 80s in Laredo, Texas, and uh, I did marketing for, for this big electric company in, in, in uh, South Texas. But before I got into marketing, I was a lineman. I mean, I just, we, we would go out and we'd work and we'd, you know, hang transformers and wires and bring service to people and make sure that they were connected so they could have, you know, their basic needs. A lot of it was ranch work. So we'd go out into the places that weren't connected yet and we'd rent lines and, you know, just do all that, all that electrical work. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, it was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was hard work, but it was fun. But I remember there were times that we'd go out in storms when people were troubled and you know we were, we were out helping people restore and recover to them the electricity that they needed so they could get back to their life. And I realize now that I do the same thing, I just do it on a spiritual level. That God allows me to help. I, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to string some wires to connect you to the Lord and, 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 and remind you that there's some transformers, that there's a Holy Spirit that comes to empower us to live a, a life of abundance and victory and strength and, and faith to faith. We go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But I, I remember, you know, there was times we were working a, uh, a nice storm in Bay City, Texas or somewhere, and man, it was cold and it was just, it was, and, and so there was poles that I hadn't encountered yet, a little bit taller than what I was used to climbing because you couldn't get the lift trucks in there, so you just put on your hooks and you climb the pole and get after it. And I can remember, as long as I was focused on, I was, I was 50, 60 feet up on a, you know, trusting on these, on these hooks to hold me up and kind of strap your belt in and hope that everything went well. And everything was fine when I was focused on the job at hand. Please hear me, hear me. As long as I was focused on what I could do today, what I was doing today, I was fine, but every time, if I needed another bolt or uh, or insulator or whatever I needed or a tie to tie that wire, and I'd have to look down and ask the guy down there to send it up to me, every time I'd look back or look down, it was like, whoa, it it didn't look that tall from here to there, but when you look down or look back, sometimes I'd lose my balance. Sometimes, and they told you, whatever happens, if you, if you cut out, it's what they call, if you cut out, don't grab onto the pole, just come on down, because if you grab onto the pole, you're gonna splinter yourself up. He says, and those splinters are nasty, and they'll get infected. And so I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. You know, just what I wanted to know, I'm either gonna break my back or splinter my, my body, you know? But every time I look back or down, I would lose my equilibrium, my sense of direction. And that's what happens spiritually. When you start to climb, and you make a decision, God, I'm climbing up because I, I want a better marriage. I want to. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better grandpa. I want to be a better employee, employer. I want to. I want to be a better church member. I want. I want to serve my my church. I want to. Anytime you start to climb, the enemy will get you to look back. And if you look back at what was, you'll lose your sense of direction and your equilibrium. You'll lose your balance and you'll stop doing what you were doing. And you'll no longer climb. And please hear my heart this morning. I, I really. I'm done preaching. I 
I would be, I think, pretty accurate when I make this statement. That everybody here has a reason, has had a reason to justify I'm done. This is too hard. It's just not fair. The loss was too much. The disappointment was more than I imagined. The climb was harder than I ever thought. I, I thought one thing and then just all of a sudden, and I know you love the Lord and I know you're, you, you serve, I, I know your heart and I believe your heart is for him. I believe that you, you believe in everything that God has said to you, but this has just been a, it's been a tough season. It's been very difficult, but I want you to know that it's just a season. And that God's going to see you through that season. It's like walking into a, you know, being hungry and walking into a bed. It's like, it's like being in, in a different, like, I, I love, I'm a, I'm a foodie, by the way. You can, I'm not a runner. I'm a foodie. I like food. All kinds of food. All size, shapes. Just, do you want bread, french fries, or salad? Yes. You know, just like, just, <laughs> you know, just just bring it but there's something about 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 the food that I grew up eating the food that I'm used to and it's like walking into sometimes I walk into a bakery and and all, all by the way all sweets are good in my book anyway as a matter of fact when Elijah was in the cave and he was weak the Lord said you know he brought him water and a piece of cake so I think eating cake is biblical because <laughs> if you read the story that's what he but but it's like a, a sweet smell of an aroma of something that's familiar that encourages to say, you know, I'm, I'm here on, on, on purpose for a purpose. And every now and then it's like the Lord will allow us to get a, that, that aroma of, of who he is and, and the presence of his spirit is because that's where home really is. This is temporary. That's where home really is. It's like God wants to release an aroma of his presence and his spirit. So you feel like you're at home because at home you feel safe and secure and you understand what's going on. And many of you have to step into some things that maybe aren't as secure. You don't feel like your footing is really where it needs to be. And, and you're, you're almost become paralyzed because you, you can't take the next step because you don't know if it's the right step or if it's, and God just wants you to know you can count on him. And he, you have been inquiring, Lord, should I go up? Should I really, in regards to the things that he's calling you to? And he says, yes, now's the time to fight. And I'm not talking about physically, now's the time to fight for your life, to fight for your family, to fight for the generations to come because he's stored up some treasure that you have no idea even and what you do counts and what you do matters more than what you think. And it feels like a climb all your life. You feel like you've been climbing and then you can't quite get to that place. And God says, you're just a season. You're in a different season now. If you look up, he's gonna release to you an anointing to break out of that and to break through in what he has prepared for you in this season. And what was, you'll look back and say, that was then, but this is now. You're in between some things. And God says, if you'll trust me, if you'll look up, if you'll show up, if you'll allow me to work in you, he says, I'll work through you. And it's going to be for you, but also for those around you. God says, you can do this. You can make it. And you know, the Bible says, you know, a just man, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up and he shakes the dust off his pants. And we keep going. I don't care if it's late in the game. I don't care if it's the last inning and it's the last at bat. He says, you keep swinging that bat, son. You keep, I caught you. You're going to make contact and it's going to take you. It's going to do that that's in your heart to do. And I just come to take discouragement out of you today by the Spirit of God. And God wants to put courage in you. God wants you to see yourself like he sees you. God is doing some things in this season where we'll look up, we'll wake up, and we'll, read this, we'll discover who we really are. And then we'll have the strength and the courage to get up and go up and continue to trust God for the rest of the journey in our lives. It's time to look up. It's time to wake up. It's time to show up, grow up, and it's time to go up. Don't look back. Don't look down on yourself, those around you. Just look up. Every eye closed in this place. I know you're hurting is where I started that whole process. I know some of you have suffered loss in different ways. I know some of you are just wanting to be able to have enough strength to get up. 
not even thinking about going up. Micah 2.13 says, the one who breaks open, which is God, will come up before them. They will break out, they will pass through the gate, and they will go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. God says, I'm going to lead you to breakthrough. I'm going to, I'm going to go before you and make a way. But you have to decide to do it. Right there where you are, you have to decide to go up in this season, as tired and as fatigued as you may be. Right there, just tell them, Lord, if you'll help me, I'll go and up. I'm, I need breakthrough so I can take the next step to go. Just right there where you are, make it personal. Thank you, Lord. I want you to stand to your feet with me now, if you would, for just a moment. specifically healing from the past. I'm not talking about 20 years ago. Well, that might be some. I'm talking about just this last season. Healing of some disappointments. Healing of some... Some of you have suffered loss. Some of you have had to make drastic changes in certain areas of your lives. Some of you are wounded and you're wanting to climb but you just have no strength in your... So I want to pray. I want to pray for healing. I want to pray, as I said in the last night, that sometimes God begins to stir the waters of healing, like at the pool of Bethesda. We just need to get in while the Lord is stirring. And there's a, there's a there's an anointing for breakthrough. I believe in this house this morning. We just need to jump into it. And so some of you just need healing, and some of you just need to make a decision. You know what? I, I, I'm going to make a decision to go up. I'm, I'm not going to stay stuck. I need, I need God to strengthen me to give me an anointing to break out of where I am so I can get to where he's leading to me to in this season of, of my life. I told a story, Pastor Thomas, if you'll come and Amity or whoever's coming to help us pray or minister, we're going to go back into the song, but I, I just remembered, I told a story at 9 o'clock about my pastors in Laredo, Texas who navigated. Come here, Sandra, would you come with me for just a moment? She loves me when I do this. So we just celebrated our 40th anniversary in August. And I'm very, very thankful to the Lord. But there was a season in our life about seven years into it where we, we almost didn't make it. Sandra had filed for divorce and I was living in Laredo. She was living in Houston. And I'm not emotional because it's a sad thing. I'm, emo I'm emotional because I watched God break through and do that that even I said it was impossible to do. And my pastors, the church that we connected to, thank God for pastors. Thank God for churches because they, they helped. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our pastors and if it wasn't for the other people in the church that wouldn't give up on us and, and, and did their part and encouraged us. See, sometimes we need to encourage you and sometimes you need to encourage us, just like we demonstrated. And so, uh, so, so we were, I was just looking back at, at that season in our lives where they just they stood and they helped us and they and they ministered to us but I'll never forget Sandra Pastor Sandra she traveled internationally she's eight, she just turned 80 years old or just there a couple of weeks ago celebrating and they're still going strong still shucking corn like she said we're still shucking corn we're still preaching she said we're still ministering to people looks different but they're still but I'll never forget she says she was in a in a large crusade in Guatemala she does large crusades with just tens of thousands of people that come and God has used them very powerfully in, in, in big events, but also in our personal lives. And she said, I'll never forget the day. She says, I was at this big crusade and I was trying to be proper and I was trying to look good for the people and just, you know, whatever. And she says, and in that moment of worship when God's presence came, she said, all of a sudden, it was just me and the Lord, she said. And I knew I had an assignment. I knew what I was going to do. But, but I, it's like I, I heard the Lord say, come up. And she said, it's like in my, in my heart, I knew I saw the Lord and he was on a mountain and he was calling me to climb this mountain. And she said, and I was, I was climbing the worship, in the middle of worship, I was climbing. She said, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you wherever you lead me, Lord. And he's saying, come up. He was calling her from the top of the mountain to come up. And she said, and I was climbing. She said, I got about halfway up the mountain. And she says, and my feet, and I said, I looked down and my, the shoes that I had on were all, all tattered and torn because the climb just to get halfway had already been so difficult and so hard. And, and she said, Lord, you know, and then she looked again and her feet were all bloody and they were all cut up because of the rocks and the branches and everything that she had to navigate on her climb. And she said, she just began to weep 
and I mean, you know, they, they told her, she said, man, because like she just, she lost herself in the, in, in, the, in the presence of the Lord. She said, I began to weep. She said, Lord, you know I love you. You know I'm climbing, Lord, but I can't, Lord. I just can't, my feet. And they were all bloody. And, and she said, Every, even the, mo, the, 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 mo, the movement of trying to take the next step was so painful. And I knew that my shoes were no good anymore. And that I was in my bare feet and, and I was full of blood and it was so painful. And so and I just, I couldn't take another step and I was crying and crying because I wanted to but I couldn't and I was telling the story to the pastors last night and I felt like the Lord said that's where many people in my church are they want to he knows that but you feel like I can't because you're bloodied and bruised up and, and, and you feel like you don't have the proper shoes to get you to where you, you need to go to you don't have the sense of direction or the support on your feet and you're understanding to walk and she says and I'll never forget how he so gently came down off the top of the mountain to meet me halfway. And he took the tattered pieces of the shoes and, 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 and carefully undid them so they wouldn't cause any more damage to my feet. And then he began to pour oil and sob into my feet. And he began to, to heal my feet so that then he would be able to put on a new pair. He says he put on a new pair of shoes to help me climb the rest of the way. And I believe that that's what breakthrough looks like for us today. It's not a shouting of celebration or declaring just that God's gonna give us what the enemy took from us. It's a place of God, I'm gonna break through because you've come here today to heal my wounds and to, and to give me new shoes, oh God, so that I can finish what you know is in my heart to finish. So if that's you today, would you just lift up your hands? Sandra and I have been at that place. So God, we need you to heal us. We need you to give us new shoes, the right shoes to make the rest of the climb we want to finish right. And God, we're willing to do what you ask us to do, but God, we're, we're hurting. Every step feels like a challenge and it's painful. So God, would you come and heal us? And would you come and give us change, change uh, our, our footwear as it were? Like when Moses said, and you said, Lord, you're in my, he said, you're in my presence, take off your shoes for the place you stand is holy. And from that moment on, everything he did changed his direction his impact. This is a turning point in the life of the church. This is a turning point in our personal lives, in our families, and we need healing, and we need God to reshot our feet so that we can finish the journey. God, would you come and do that now? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.